And hello and welcome everyone to a new installment of the Comic Multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. We're so happy to have you all with us here tonight on this Sunday night in the cold, cold chilliness of November. Well, it's cold where I am. I'm sure it's not cold where Matt is. No, no, we're, we're right in the middle of summer right now. We're just coming into summer right now, but it feels like we've been here for, for ages and it's very hot. Yeah, there you go. But you've been keeping busy, Matt. We were talking uh, before we even hit play here on the big, big weeks we had. You had a bigger week than me, but we both <laughs> had some big weeks. We did. We did have some big weeks. We, I, I got my, my PlayStation 5. Um, Lucky. Picked that Tell up all about last it. week. Yeah. Oh, man. It's it's so good. It's such like the designs of like the UI and looks like everything's just so much better now than it was on the PlayStation 4. And interesting the, okay. the way the games load like the, the ssd and everything it's just so good and the games themselves are fucking awesome miles morales yeah, is so damn cool man gotta get me some of that uh yeah the loading times i know that's what they were really selling this generation on where it's like look we may have hit a window for how good things can look now but we promise like loading will be a thing of the past we can do amazing loading times now yeah it's like like demon souls uh before like when you'd play the souls game there'd be like you'd die and there'd be kind of like a long load to you get load back yeah, to the yeah, start yeah. now it's almost instantaneous so there's not a lot of that frustration of like oh i got so far in and and then died now i've got to do it all again you can just like run straight back there now well that's really good to hear i know i've been playing uh the new ac valhalla so hey don't worry everyone we got another assassin talk lined up for you and uh, yes before anyone has to tell us in the comments, we are well aware that many of the people who worked on that game are probably sex offenders, <laughs> and we feel bad about it. But also, Matt and I just want to be Vikings. Vikings, history's greatest sex offenders, some might say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm quite liking the game. I am too. I think they hit that magic uh, gameplay loop that the best Assassin's Creed games have, where it's like, you know, you go out... You raid, you get stuff for your settlement, you do story missions to level up so you can take on bigger and better raids, and it all just genuinely feels good. And Ivar is actually a good, likable character, not nearly as bland as the two Greek twins kind of are. Yeah, no, he's, he's got a, a quite a unique backstory, and mm. um, I like the idea that he he's he wasn't aware of like the assassins or anything beforehand, whereas like Alexios and... and um, Who's the guy from uh, Origins? Oh, Bayek. They're, they're both ingrained in the hidden ones and all of that sort of stuff. Where this mm. guy's just like, hey, these he just meets these two guys that just happen to be assassins. Again, there's a lot of Edward Kenway in that one, too, mm -hmm. where it's like, hey, this whole Assassin's Creed quest is secondary to my own mission and everything, which is kind of fun and everything. I, I dig that he's a bit of a warrior poet. They could have written mm -hmm. him to be a big, dumb meathead, mm -hmm. a la Connor, if they wanted. But no, he's actually quite uh, intelligent, and people come to him to solve their problems. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we were talking about, because you just started the Vikings TV show, and mm. it feels like the game's took a lot took a lot of the stuff from that show oh, yeah. as well as from history and kind of borrowing from both of them and you can see the, the the parallels in all of them some visuals they stole directly like in the first three minutes of that episode he sees all the ravens and everything and you know odin in a big mm -hmm. dark cloak with a spear i'm like hey that's what the game did <laughs> hey ubisoft did you steal that ubisoft <laughs> 
Uh, Tevi asked me about bugs and glitches. Uh, yeah, actually, I ran into a game-breaking bug or progression-breaking bug within the first three hours, so I had to basically do all the other side content until they patch it. But you know what? There's actually a lot of really good side content, so I'm not complaining. Yeah, oh, there, there's heaps. I haven't run into any big glitches so far. I usually get pretty lucky with stuff like that, where mm. it, I either don't get them, or if I do, it's something very early on that'll prevent me from playing the rest of the game or something maybe this is the difference between last gen and new gen because i noticed my one complaint uh waiting times mm -hmm. loading times are a little shitty i'm guessing they're probably better on the ps5 oh yeah yeah they, they still have that that menu where you see your character but then like mm. it goes away in like five six seconds or something yeah so yeah that's uh, that's what i've been doing this week been playing uh, some of that. Ooh, uh, in the Netflix front, I started that uh, new Auntie Donna sketch show. Some very funny comedians from your neck of the woods. Yeah, I, I've I've known Auntie Donna for a long, long time. I've known them since they were on YouTube and Facebook yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, they've been toiling at it for a long bit. I only just discovered them like maybe like a year and a half before they eventually got this show and yeah they are very funny very surreal i would say between the three of them they probably do more diverse types of sketch comedy than just about any other sketch comedy group there's wordplay mm -hmm. there's funny songs there's yep. just surreal ass shit yeah. that they do oh yeah their stuff is fantastic i i love the the variety they have and it's like yeah. a proper variety show oh yeah and every episode actually kind of has a weird story and through line mm -hmm. to it. Like, uh, I just finished episode four, which hilariously enough had uh, a cameo from wrestler Awesome Kong. Mm -hmm. And like a ton of other people. Ed Helms is in there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just, yeah, a lot, a lot of people from College Humor, I noticed. You can kind of pinpoint when this was filmed, yeah. when these were all, like, working actors there. But, yeah, great, great caster. Paul F. Tompkins, he's in it as well. Weird Al Yankovic, mm -hmm. of course. You know, just great comedians co-signing uh, the works of some really funny international comedians who are probably going to get way more eyes on them now. Oh, absolutely. And if it means they, they get more more netflix shows specials or something yeah. i'm all for it as long as it doesn't Absolutely. change their their whole dynamic yeah i know or you hate that where it's like oh yeah they got a bunch of money and success and then mm -hmm. they started hating each other <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah you always hate to hear uh that story that yeah they're uh, they're very funny uh very funny if you're sober and i'm sure uproariously funny if you're high <laughs> as well watching it <laughs> The, literally the first sketch is just them singing a song everything's a drum everything's a drum for like three minutes listing off all the things that are drums but the best joke i think i just saw before we came in here they were doing a take on like uh old-timey jukebox music and you know how like in pulp fiction they do that thing where it's like hey vincent don't be a square and then they actually draw it like it was the flintstones yeah and this one it's hey broden don't be a cunt <laughs> see just funny and his deadpan delivery and they do the animation and just great use of the word cunt i absolutely loved it i laughed for about two solid minutes and then had to go tell someone else uh yeah you, should, you gotta check out their youtube stuff it's it's pretty good i've watched some of them what were the two i really liked i liked uh bikey wars that was a very mm -hmm. good yeah one. that's a funny one and I like their one talking about Jared Fogle, because again, I'm like, oh yeah, Subway's a much bigger chain in Australia, isn't it? So I'm sure that hit them way harder. 
But yeah, that's uh, that's good shit. That has my uh, stamp of approval. And also, uh, I got my Gundam finally, and I started working on my first ever Gunpla. Yeah, I, I bought three more just before we started the show. <laughs> so they're, they're going to they're gonna be here tomorrow, I think. <laughs> hey, man, you got any more of them good Gundams, man? I'm fiending. It's been about 15 minutes since I had my Gundams. <laughs> Which, how which ones did you get? Which ones did I get? I got. Uh, hold on, I actually had the thing up just before. I got. I got a Barbatos, a HD Barbatos mm. from uh, Iron Blooded Orphans. Mm, I, nice, nice. I got a. Which one was this? This is the the UNT Spacey prototype, which is kind of looks like the uh, the RX. It's a GPO one. It's a big mm. a- MG grade. And I got an RG uh, MK2 one that kind of looks like the RX, but it's like black. Sweet. Yeah, I'm really excited to build that one. Yeah, sounds good. I, I've been working on mine. It's fairly easy. I'm learning the little eccentricities there where, you know, you snip it, and then if you get a little extra, you got to cut it with the X-Acto knife and mm-hmm. then file it down to make sure it's all nice and everything. But, yeah, it's a lot easier than I thought it would be. It's a little intimidating when you open it up and you got all the sheets of parts and everything. Yep. But uh, once once you start rolling there and you get a good groove going with it, yeah, it's, it's really fun. And then at the end, of course, you get to see it and when i'm all done maybe next week i was going slow because i wanted to film a little something for patreon with it but i'll be sure to uh debut my new gundam <laughs> son on stream for everybody you gotta put all your little stickers on it and everything mm, yeah yeah looking forward to that part too because i'm bad with stickers with my <laughs> big sausage fingers we'll see how that goes <laughs> uh but yes everyone believe it or not this uh is a comic book show sometimes sometimes Sometimes, you know, and uh, we do actually have some comic book news for you this week. Uh, Perhaps the biggest story, and one that I don't see a lot of people talking about, probably because it's so new, but uh, when Three Jokers ended, a lot of people theorized where... Where is Jeff Johns going to go next? What's he going to do? You know, he's not uh, the big cheese over at DC anymore. He doesn't seem to have any big major projects coming out. Well, apparently him and Gary Frank are rejoining again, and they're heading on over to Image for a new series called Geiger. Yeah, this uh, immediately has me attention because it's Jeff Johns, Gary Frank, and Brad Anderson all coming back together again for a comic that looks quite interesting. It's about a nuclear holocaust or something, Mm. and... And the world that that leaves, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, I think just as we said with the type of talent that's behind this one right now, their first image series is ever. Is this Jeff Johns' first image series ever? Yes, I, I want to say he's done something independent before this. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just thinking, is this his first image work? Because I mean, that that's just a recipe for like, hey, even if you don't read independent, you should probably check this out. Mm-hmm. Now, weirder still, uh, the story I heard, of course, reading all those future state things is that he's writing this, but apparently he's also in the creative meetings, too, for future state mm-hmm. and beyond and everything. So it's it's really interesting to think what his role at DC might actually be now. Yeah, he's in he's in those creative meetings. He's got a story coming up in one. I think it's one of the tie ins for Death Metal after mm. issue after the newest issue comes out this week. Um, I can't remember what, which book it was in, but he's writing a story about Superboy Prime. Oh, right, of course, which is the character that he kind of helped bring back and kind of shepherd and everything. So, of course, he has stuff to say, I'm sure. Yeah. 
Well, good for him. Good for him. Good for Gary Frank. Uh, yeah, I have to check this one out now that, you know, it's kind of, uh, will, will, will this be Jeff Johns uncut? Will this be him with the reins off? <laughs> the yes. gloves are and off. In, in, the gloves are off. Now, will will he be saying things here that he couldn't say elsewhere? What what, what exists in the mind of Jeff Johns? <laughs> <laughs> So yes, in this nuclear apocalypse, there was this company that didn't let this awesome man do things he wanted to do, even though he was steering the ship very well. Is this is this autobiographical, Jeff? No. No, he doesn't seem like that sort of guy who would air his grievances in a story. No, not at all. But still, maybe that's my own pettiness, where it's like, if I was a writer, I'd be doing that all the time. Like, here, <laughs> I invented a new character, and he's always telling Spider-Man what to do. It's like, is that is that me? Is that me, your editor? No. <laughs> then why is he drawn to look like me? No reason. <laughs> oh, just like pure coincidence. <laughs> you're, a, you're a handsome guy, that's why. Wink. <laughs> But uh, yeah, there's Geiger, everyone. Be sure to keep your uh, eyes open for that. That should be cool. And hey, thank you, uh, Crimson. Crimson Echidna. Yeah, thanks. Now, Echidna, I know from Sonic and everything, but also <laughs> I had a I had a weird dyslexic moment there where I almost called him Crimson Enchilada. <laughs> because my brain auto-completed those letters together. And I'm like, well, obviously, you're at a Mexican restaurant, Joel, and it's enchilada. You got to order the crimson enchilada. <laughs> That's the spicy one. Oh, yeah. It tastes great going down, but it will be painful later. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Crimson Echidna. And also, Crimson Enchilada, that code name is just, you know, up for grabs if anyone wants it. <laughs> That's just right there. You can just have that one. Uh, now, our next piece of news here uh, actually involves DC Digital, something that you and I both champion a lot, Matt, here on this show and in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, apparently, there's going to be a brand new digital series coming from DC, perhaps part of their new push to put more uh, stock in digital. It's going to be called uh, Truth and Justice. And uh, it's going to be basically a team-up series is what it's going to be, you know, like Truth, Justice, you know, uh, everything else. And the premiere story is going to be featuring Vixen, actually. Yeah, she's kind of making a comeback after she kind of yeah. disappeared after JLA ended its run uh, about mm -hmm. two years ago. Yeah, and after they kind of gave up on her on television, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Which is a real shame, because Mari McCain is a cool character with a cool costume and a cool backstory. Yeah, I just, I just I, maybe they just didn't know what to do with her. I don't know how they couldn't, because, yeah, as you said, she's got a cool backstory, cool set of powers, cool costume. I, I think she was a victim of when multimedia projects go wrong, and that is where it's like, okay, we're pushing her on television, which means we should push her in the comics, too, for synergy. Oh, well, you know, we had to change the actress. Well, we only really got one season out of her on television. Eh, you can stop pushing her in the comics. It's all fine. <laughs> I think that's what it really breaks down to. But no, this uh, this is a really cool idea. To take, you know, like, second, third string heroes with big cult followings and uh, kind of give them more to do. And in a digital format, too. Like, this didn't need to be a book on the shelves. But, like, hey, I assure you, if you put this out digitally where every Vixen fan can find it, they're going to find it and want to read it. Oh, absolutely. I'm probably going to give it a read because these digital books have Same. been really quite fantastic. They, uh, they've been killing it. Yeah, they've been knocking it out of the goddamn park. I've been enjoying DC's digital outings more than I've been enjoying more <laughs> of their print outings recently. 
again, there's this sense of freedom, and you know, if this is part of their bigger omniversal push, whatever the hell they want to call it, where it's just like, look, we're having lots of stories in different, you know, uh, timelines and different continuities, here it is. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, more uh, more power to them, and definitely, you know, uh, keep your eyes peeled to both Matt's channel and my own, where I'm sure we'll be talking more about these later. Absolutely. Also, hey, in the comments section below, and even in the chat here, tell us, what character would you like to see featured in Truth and Justice, now that apparently, you know, the uh, the limiters are off, and you can just do whatever you want? They'll have to be all, like, characters who aren't used. Yeah, what about the Creeper? The Creeper has a big fan following, yeah. but they never seem to know what to do with. Yeah, Creeper, Ragman. Ooh, yeah, all, all characters that Tom Taylor's been doing. Tom Taylor can't do it on his own, everyone. Everyone else <laughs> needs to pick up the slack here. <laughs> I always thought Bronze Tiger had a lot going for him, too. Mm. Sometimes a hero, sometimes a villain, a martial artist in the mold that DC doesn't really focus on all that much. Yeah, there you go. Party Pie's got it right. Snowflame. Ah, there you go. Oh, my body burns with the white-hot power of cocaine. <laughs> Snowflame versus his new opponent, Methadone Man. <laughs> you can't stop me, Methadone Man. I am all cocaine all the time. <laughs> Chat says Metal Man. I don't know, can we do Metal Man now that DiDio's not there? Apparently he was the only person championing the Metal Man. Yeah, well, I mean, they, yeah, they've got their own book now, so yeah. Pretty good. Uh, Jaden says Man Bat. Apparently uh, Man Bat he's had getting, a miniseries. He's getting yeah. he's getting one in, in Futures, Future End, uh, Future State. <laughs> future State, Future Shock. That one. Oh, really, future he's getting State, one yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, um, well, I, it's coming around, out, out around the same time, that is. I don't know whether it's tied into it or whether it's just like like a, a separate book but he's getting one. Oh, well good for him then yeah i uh, i always liked kurt langstrom i especially liked injustice league dark where he's kind of a hero now mm -hmm. so good stuff <laughs> everyone's saying what about blue beetle what about blue beetle <laughs> <laughs> my my heart breaks for blue beetle jaime reyes because it's like uh, we call him this cult hero you know this misunderstood icon who everyone loved who never got a chance yet hilariously he probably gets more chances every couple of years than just about anyone else. Yeah. And it doesn't stick. Yeah. You know what the problem is? No one wants a new Blue Beetle. They want their old Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle book to finish the way it didn't get to finish before the new 52 happened. Yeah, that's what everyone wants. Where, look, we don't want something new. We just want you to finish the story you were telling that you never got to. And that's the real heartbreaker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, uh, that freaking sucks. To think Young Justice probably did a better job telling that story and finishing it off. Yeah, pretty much. Well, yeah, that was like the only place it was being told. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, with the reach and everything else there, that was, that was good shit. Uh, all right, what else we got going on here? Ooh, more DC news. Uh, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy will be leading a DC Valentine's Day anthology. Of course, DC does this every so often with Christmas and Halloween and everything mm -hmm. else. They It's a nice place to showcase new writers and kind of, you know, tell fun, interesting one-off stories. I, I, I will freely admit I don't buy them every year because I'm just like, eh, you know, this probably won't matter. This probably won't mean much, but they're usually always fun. Yeah, I, uh, there, there's been a couple I've just like skipped. Some I've like I've watched and and uh, watched videos on and some I've picked up, but others I've just like been, eh, eh, I don't really care about that. I'm probably I'm sure there's probably really good stories in there, but yeah, mm. yeah. Also did, did also did the Crimson Enchilada actually start following now? <laughs> Wh whoever did that, good job. Good job. Ten, <laughs> ten on 10, A+. Plus. <laughs> uh 
Uh, what I thought was interesting about this, and the only reason I brought it up, period, is that, you know, they're saying that Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy will be holding down this uh, Valentine's Day issue. Do you think, again, with this whole whole Omniverse concept now, and, you know, this kind of more anything-goes approach that DC is doing, have they seen the massive success that the Harley Quinn TV show has had, and they're like, look, are we finally going to throw comic fans a bone and be like, okay, Harley and Ivy can officially be a couple now? Why not? I mean, it, it looks to go that way because they, they li- like, a couple of weeks ago, they literally just got married in the Injustice comic. Oh, well, there you go. So I, I think it's heading in that way, and it's them sort of, like, shoring up. Or it happens in all these other universes. We'll have it happen in the main one as well. Might as well. I mean, people have only seemed to enjoy it across the board. So, I mean, there you go, DC. What, what are you afraid of doing, making people happy? <laughs> I would like, though, if... Cause, <coughs> Because obviously we've got um, James Tynan was, was teased that story in oh, I think it was in the Warzone book or one of the other ones where uh, we're getting more of a villainous Poison Ivy again. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. She's Breaking Bad again. It would seem. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if that actually is the thing that drives Harley back to being the villain. Hmm, might be interesting again. Tynan has ironically brought Harley closer to the Bat family and done more to actually try and make her a good guy yeah. than the last couple runs of her solo series have. I don't know if I would want them to backtrack. Well, see, on that's that the thing that that could make it a bit more compelling. Ah, so they go bad together. Yeah. That might be something. Where okay, we're villains now, but now we're triple A villains in our own right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be interesting. You can make something happen out of that. Then again, I wonder, too, if another one of the big reasons they invented Punchline is so that Harley could become more of a AAA main character mm-hmm. and they wouldn't have to feel bad about it. Yeah, I could see that happening as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Punchline later, everyone. Don't worry, you'll get your Punchline fix. Yeah. All you speculators. <laughs> uh, so moving on from there. Uh, oh, now this, this is something I put on the docket solely for me. And we're not going to make a huge thing about this, but uh, another thing I did this week, Matt, was I saw that new Mutants movie, finally. No, I did as well. Holy shit, what a bad <laughs> it was, movie. It was well worth the wait. <laughs> man, man, like, again, I, I had to explain myself on Twitter when everyone's like, really, Joel, you watch New Mutants, but you didn't watch Dark Phoenix? Look, I knew Dark Phoenix was going to be bad. I knew that one was going to be a turd right away, and no matter how many times they reshot it, they weren't going to be able to polish it. But this, Matt... New Mutants, this was something special. There was, like, what, five delays here, tons of reshoots, tons of reshoving. They dropped it out in the middle of a fucking pandemic. So you knew this had to be something special. This had to be the anti-Holy Grail, and holy shit, I was not ready for it. it it's, it's like, bad in every way, isn't it? Yes, it, it, it's so bad in every way. I truly, truly feel that even if they didn't reshoot it a bunch of times, even if they didn't rewrite it and reshuffle it and do everything else they tried to do to it, I'm certain it would have still been a bad movie regardless. There was never a good movie in here. Oh, no, yeah. I I just, I don't understand as well because I, I'm fairly certain that they got, like, the creators of these characters involved in it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah. Spelled their names wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another thing this movie does wrong. Literally from the first minute, I knew it was going to be bad because they, like, try and do their own take on, you know, the uh, Patrick Stewart uh, quote openings from, Mm -hmm. like, the good X-Men movies. Yep. 
and I'm like, uh-oh, this is bad. They're reheating something old, so all right, already off to a bad start. Then they do the famous, you know, uh, what is it, you know, within each man exists two wolves, da-da-da-da-da, that famous, you know, proverb. Mm-hmm. Only they only they fuck it up in two major, ultimately pretty offensive ways. One, they change wolf to bear to very lazily try and make it fit the story of the movie. And two, later on, uh, Danny Moonstar says, oh, yeah, you know, my father told it to me. It's an old Cheyenne legend. No, it is. And it's an older story even than that. But when it's attributed to anybody, it's uh, what is it attributed to a completely different tribe? <laughs> well, you mentioned like it was it was offensive like all the characters in here were offensive they're literally like like cutouts like borderline racist cutouts or in 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 roberto's case like actually racist he's he's latino and they make him work in the kitchen and he's yeah he's the thirsty one you know oh my god they, again, it's shocking that with a cast this small, that every character can be a horrible stereotype. In an X-Men movie that, mm-hmm. you know, the X-Men all about defeating, you know, racism and bigotry and everything. But yeah, oh my god, the one brown guy is like super horny and mm-hmm. uh, is made to work in the kitchen. Also, too, DaCosta's actually supposed to be a black Cuban. That's a whole big th- thing, too, that they cast a light-skinned guy in this role. And when they asked uh, Boone, the writer-director, he's like, oh, I don't care about race fucking no kidding you don't <laughs> to say nothing of magic being super racist to danny moonstar the whole movie like just in bits where you're like ow wow that hurts and takes me out of the movie and then they try and justify it and throw it away and be like no it's okay that she's you know uh racist because she was molested oh yeah we've added that now to her character yeah it didn't need to be added that and it didn't need to be added in and then you've got obviously um Wolf Spain, who is yeah the 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 cliche Catholic, oh, scolded religious Scott, yeah. yeah. Which man, Maisie Williams is just way too good for this shit, <laughs> and she's phoning it in in this too. Like you, like we've seen so many years of her acting really good on like Game of Thrones and other stuff that she's in, but she is not having any fun with any of this. <laughs> Also, can I mention, too, uh, apparently, too, you know, because I I had to understand this more. I read some interviews with Boone, the director, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, my inspirations for this uh, were uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, uh, Breakfast Club, and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Wars. I'm like, those are three movies that do not go together. (laughs) No, they don't. (laughs) In the slightest. But you know what? I kind of see the Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. thing, but not three. I see Nightmare on Elm Street two in here. There's this creepy, lurid perviness to all of this. Yeah. Why? What? Why, Matt? Did the girls need two shower scenes? Cause reasons. <laughs> Even though we could get that out in something else, like I, I felt really dirty watching scenes in this movie where I'm like, this someone is getting off on this, and it sure as fuck ain't me. Again, it felt it. All the, all these types of scenes felt like studio notes. Like you got to have this. Yes. You got to tick this off. Oh, they they're all like now friends and they're dancing. Oh, that happened in oh Breakfast Club. We'll t- tick that off. You know. Oh my god, the dance scene is so fucking painful. You could literally hear some studio head in his chair being like, "Yeah, well, you know, the second act is dragging, and we don't really believe they're friends. Have them sing and dance together. You mean in the creepy ass asylum where they're all being abused? Yeah, yeah, do that." <laughs> even though it makes no goddamn sense it's everything about this movie 
hurts to the fact where it's like, oh, here's magic, and she has her sword and limbo and everything. You going to explain any of that? No, no we're not no, going to explain it just appears. anything. It just appears, Again. and then Lockheed, Lockheed, uh, all right, I, I reckon Lockheed was a late addition. I reckon Lockheed was yes. always just going to be that puppet. It wasn't going right. to be an actual real dragon. Yes. So far. Oh, they steal scenes from Logan, which is supposed to be in the future and maybe in a different timeline. They straight up steal a bunch of footage from Logan. Yeah. That's so fucked up. And then they're like, oh, here's here's the Essex Corporation, Mr. Sinister. Ooh, a sequel that's never going to happen. Yeah. 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 And uh, the, the actual demon bear that all of this is building up to, oh, my God, is that a bad bit of computer-generated monster work? Oh, yeah. Uh, you can see why they that, why they didn't show it all all that much. <laughs> no, no, it's and just the fact too. It's like okay, we've won. We're friends now. When the fuck did you all become friends? Yeah, you all hate each other, and you yeah, hate you each other sh- for like the shittiest reasons as well. Absolutely, they, they they're all terrible people in this movie. I can't remember the last time they've made a cast so wholly unlikable. And again. Even if this wasn't edited to shit, even if this wasn't, you know, rewritten and rejiggered a bunch of times, it, I'm pretty sure this was always going to be bad. But I will tell you what, Matt, this movie was so bad, it actually does make me want to see Dark Phoenix now, just to <laughs> contrast and compare. At least Dark Phoenix is, it's it's like, it keeps moving. Whereas this film just, like, mm. fucking stops. Yeah, there is no forward momentum in this movie. There is no theme. There's no bigger idea. There's really no villain for a huge chunk of the movie, too. So there's, like, no antagonist and no drama. And it's just people sitting around being shitty to each other. Yeah, yeah. Which could have been an interesting film, but it's not. Yeah, there there is just nothing going on here. Holy shit, this is bad. And I cannot believe, too, that this is, like, the ultimate nail in the coffin. This is the final word on the Fox X-Men franchise. It's it's perfect, isn't it? It's it's perfect. It really is. (laughs) Oh, you guys never knew what was going on. And you may have again hired a Creeper to work on this. Yeah, Creeper who, yeah, maybe shouldn't have said anything before his film came out. Yeah, you you may have hired an actual racist to work on your race allegory movie. Good job, Fox. <laughs> but yeah, wow, what a what a piece of shit this was. Yeah. And like again, I, I I of course had to go jump on IMDb there to like read about. And he's like, oh yeah, if I had my way, I would have done Inferno next, and I would have had Warlock come in, and it would have been uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. And I'm like, get right fucked. <laughs> that was never gonna happen. Fuck yeah. right off. <laughs> But yeah, so New Mutants is really goddamn bad. If you haven't seen it yet, you have dodged a huge bullet. But don't worry, this will probably make a hilarious uh, comic multiverse commentary one day. At some point, yeah. Yeah, this, you know, because it does try and be a horror movie, so this would have been perfect for Halloween. It does try and be a horror movie, and I like the, the horror aspects, like that, uh, fuck, what's that, what do they call that thing that comes after magic? that oh yeah the uh the creepy monster thing the fucking design it looks like it's it's like slender, slender man. man it's like it kind of like dates the film where what it's if like, slender man uh, where was it's a like Russian oh mobster. this is when the film was meant to come out when this was slender man or weird uh, creepy pasta things were popular absolutely also the smiley face max belonged to a group called the right from the new mutants not whatever weird molestation brothel yeah. thing they put magic in because you know because that's edgy right mm-hmm. 
that's fucking edgy. We got to edge it up in here for some reason. Can't just do the story as it was. No, that's that. That's too interesting, Joel. No, clearly, clearly, yeah. Just fuck this movie. Like literally, <laughs> I I went on a rant about this on Twitter last night. But this this is legit the worst movie I've seen all year. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it's re- Have you seen something worse this year? Uh, I want to say I have. I'm pretty sure. I'm fairly certain I've seen I've seen some shit this year. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because because you see a lot more movies than me generally. Yeah, I, I I'm I've probably I've got to go I'm gonna go back and like t- see which movies I have seen stuff probably for like an end of the year list sort of thing. Mm. This will be a weird and interesting year for that because it's like we got so much that came out to digital mm-hmm. and also like so many things that probably wouldn't have come out at all if the studios weren't like oh fuck we gotta get this out we gotta put something out right away. Mm-hmm. Like, two movies that came out this week that I genuinely do think I want to see. Uh, what is it? One is that uh, uh, Freaky. What yeah, that, yeah. I uh, want to see that one as well. Yeah, that one with Vince Vaughn and that, yeah. that, that uh, one chick from the Pokemon film. Yeah, yeah, that body swap horror yeah. movie uh, from the guy who made Happy Death Day. Originally, it was supposed to be called Freaky Friday the 13th because that's literally <laughs> the joke. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, look, that's so interesting, and I liked Happy Death Day, and I like Blumhouse's new horror offerings. I'm genuinely willing to see something that has Vince Vaughn in it now, so yeah. that should tell you. It looks funny. It looks really funny. It does. It does. And again, I hate to say it, but they're using Vince Vaughn excellently, where it's like, yeah, he's a big dude who looks intimidating enough on his own, but also creepy and sleazy enough to be a serial <laughs> killer. But also funny enough to do the funny bit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Magmaster Scott Lobdell didn't write New Mutants, did he? No, but it kind of feels that way. <laughs> it kind of feels like that. And uh, what was the other one that came out this week? Oh, yeah. Alec Baldwin in a movie called Chick Fight, where I'm like, okay, this looks weird and interesting. I'll see it. Uh, is Alec Baldwin getting drunk and beating up women? <laughs> No, but he might be training another woman to beat up other women. I don't know from the trailer, but I'm like, all right, Alec Baldwin in a movie called Chick Fight. I'll check this out. It's Alec Baldwin. I'm all for Alec Baldwin. It's well, it, it's also one of those things, too, where it's like I probably wouldn't even see it, but a lot of the stand-up comedians I follow, apparently a bunch of their friends and other comedians they like are in it. So I'm like, all right, okay. I'll give it a shot. Okay. Again, our, our cup are not exactly running over with uh, new movies at the moment. <laughs> no. Well, at least we got like stuff like Mandalorian on TV and whatnot. Yeah. Man, how good was Mandalorian this week? That was so cool. We got Bo-Katan in live action. Looking great. And with the same actress. How fucking cool is that? It's so good. We also got the legit boss, Sasha Banks, making her Star <laughs> Wars debut. Under her real name, too, which yeah. I think through... That confused me because I'm like, that's Sasha Banks, but she wasn't credited in the film. I'm like, oh, they credited her under her real name. Also, too, the reason they probably didn't use her wrestling name is that this was shot during a very brief window when she was kind of teasing that she might actually leave when her contract expired and go work for AEW or go work somewhere else. Uh, Okay. So that was her probably big dicking the company and being like, oh, I don't need to use the name you gave me. I'm using my name for this because I might not be working there much longer. <laughs> also, yeah, we got a little bit more stuff with the Darksaber. We got a little bit more stuff with Grand Moff Gideon. Good shit. It was. It was really damn good episode. Uh-huh. God, those fucking, uh, what's, it? what's that show where they're lobster fishermen? Uh, the reality show. Yeah, I know the one Deadliest you're talking Catch. about. Yeah, Deadliest Catch. 
fucking Mando goes on the deadliest catch ship and they all turn on him. <laughs> Fuck those space crab fishermen. They scared the baby Yoda. <laughs> hey, he ate them eggs. <laughs> he did, but you know, <laughs> maybe maybe he's learning now. <laughs> sometimes you eat the eggs and sometimes they eat you. <laughs> Gotta be careful. Uh, man, I have a great pitch, too, for Sasha Banks' character. Next season, we need to find out that she has a rival in the Empire. And, oh, what's that? It's Imperial Officer Bailey, and they need to fight each <laughs> other on a Star Destroyer. And that's how they finish that feud in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that Sasha Banks Mandalorian did shockingly little wrestling moves, <laughs> but there's time. Also, I love the other Mandalorian speaks, uh, what is it, with a New Zealand accent. Yeah, he kind of even looks like Tamura Morrison a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Where I'm like, wait, is it, was this guy part of the same family? Like, what's the what's the deal here? Is there just a part <laughs> of Mandalore where everyone is from New Zealand? <laughs> you know, the New Zealand part of Mandalore. <laughs> Some interesting tidbits they dropped, too, where apparently, so Mandalore wasn't destroyed, it's still a planet, it's just unrulable now for some reason. It's like haunted or cursed or something, or as, as Din says, in reality, it's, it's probably just been bombed to shit by the Empire. Um, probably, yeah. Also, I, I like we talked about this a week before, where it's like, oh, you know, Mando's probably gonna meet some other Mandalorians that don't share his same ideas, you know, maybe they're part of more radical sex. No, actually, the other Mandalorians are cool and even-handed. He's part of the radical he's, sex. He's part of the Heaven's Gate. <laughs> yeah, literally, I'm like, oh, that's so cool to flip that. was like, why do you have your helmets off? And it's like, it's fine, man, we did it all the time back in the day. No, no, no one can see your face. <laughs> It is very offensive to me and my beliefs, and they're like, oh, God, this guy's, you know, a fucking, you know, watch child or whatever. Yeah, some weird cult, cult child soldier. Which is hilarious, too, because it's like, but Bo, weren't you part of a group called the Death Watch? Weren't they a bunch of radicals, you know, trying to fight the pacifist Mandalorian? So it's funny that you think he's too hardcore. <laughs> Eh, you know, I was young. <laughs> we all did crazy things during the Clone Wars. <laughs> Forgive and forget, you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, also maybe Ahsoka next week. Yeah. I don't think next week. I think we're going to we're gonna get a, an episode between, because I think Carl Weathers directs next week's episode. Oh, cool. Yeah, because that's how Mando usually works, where it's like, oh, we got to go here, and then getting there is an episode in and of itself. Because I, I imagine he's got he's to go back to wherever Carl Weathers and cara duna because mm. his ship is just like a piece of shit now yeah with freaking uh what is it fishing nets and everything <laughs> where it's like come on man i fix boats not starships <laughs> i did the best i could uh uh fun stuff fun stuff uh all right then so what else we got going is that all the news that we yeah that's all the news this week that is yeah yeah not a lot going on but still good good week i think we can all agree mm-hmm and uh, I guess with that, we can hop over into what we read this week, and there were some big, big titles this week. Oh boy, was there ever. Uh, where would you like to begin, Matt? Uh, well, let's, let's begin with Death Metal. We, we, got a, we got an amazing, amazing tie-in. <laughs> uh, 
called Infinite Hour Extreme with three X's. That's <laughs> extreme and an exclamation point. I'm like, God damn it, Matt, are they ripping off our extreme bit from back when we worked <laughs> at Name Redacted? Uh, but yeah, no, this this is the issue that if you didn't know Death Metal was a short comedy, this is the issue that, mm. that should seal it for you. It didn't, of course, because people were no. still taking it seriously in the comments. But yeah, yeah, this is the issue that plainly states that this is a fucking schlock comedy. Yes, with the perfect character to do that, Lobo, who embodies everything about death metal and the <laughs> silliness and the ridiculousness and the farcical nature of it all. Yeah, and he's he's kind of us. He's just along for the ride, you know, to, mm-hmm. like commenting on like what the fuck's going on. He doesn't even know what the hell is happening. He's just been roped no. into this whole thing by Lex Luthor. He wants him to Multiple get, get the death metal, the literal death metal the the thing that the whole story is based around that they have not actively explained in the four issues of the main series they're only explaining it now here in the lobo tie-in which is basically a joke in and of itself <laughs> also too how you know it's a joke that the pr- primarily this comic is made of people telling lobo to care and take this seriously and this is all very important and the world hangs in the balance and lobo's like i don't give a fuck yeah fuck i don't care if if the world if the world ends, you know, it means all my enemies end. So I'm and good. Guy Fieri. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, apparently Lobo is more well read than we know. He <laughs> mentions Guy Fieri. He mentions Frank Frazetti. I'm like, wow, Lobo knows what that shit is. <laughs> I'm shocked. And of course, uh, you know, a Lobo story. He needs an antagonist, and they create a hell of a new antagonist, don't they? Yeah, the Batman who frags. Which is an idea so stupid and so ridiculous, it goes all the way around in a circle and becomes awesome. Yeah, so his whole backstory is a Batman who drank Zarian DNA uh, to, mm-hmm. to gain, like, strength, super strength and uh, a healing factor. And it turned, it turned him into fucking Lobo. <laughs> yeah, the Lobo with a helmet that is also bad ears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is so ridiculous. And again, Lobo is not moved by any of this. He's like, that's lame. Yeah, I, I do find th- th- there was a great line where they're, they're fighting at the start of the issue where where Lobo just doesn't give a fuck about this. It's like, yeah, it's a fucking Batman with Lobo. I don't care. And, and um, the bat, that, and again, it's ridiculous. He's, he talks about how he, he trained under the best headbutters in, in the world. So he can, in the universe. He, he can headbutt better than anyone else. <laughs> So freaking hell. And the fact that Lobo almost beats him too. Yeah, when, like, like straight Luther away. Pulls him away. <laughs> yeah. And then it, then it becomes like a bit of an anthology story where it's like, okay, here's Lobo looking for the death metal, which he finds on, uh, what is it, Blackhawk Island, mm-hmm. guarded by Hawkman. And I'm like, oh yeah, you Hawks were really important to the original metal story, weren't you? But you have not been seen hiding her hair up in this. Yeah, they've kind of been just not present at all. <laughs> No, they've been really relegated to nothing, and it's Hawkman who ultimately explains what the fuck death metal is and what it can do. Basically, it can allow you to create universes. It can, you know, be used to create your own little splinter universes, which is like, well, if it creates, why is it called death metal? Oh, yeah, it's a joke, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of, it's a MacGuffin that'll allow, I guess, Wonder Woman to recreate uh, the earth and i imagine like she's going to use it and see a future which will be future state and then generations and all yeah. that sort of stuff 
Right, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically the long and short of the story. We do get a funny bit there where I'm glad the writers are like, wait, so you're trusting Lobo with the power to make his own universe? That's a terrible idea. He'll totally fuck it up, and he does. Yeah, he does. Almost immediately makes Lobo land, which is a land where all the hero's origins involve Lobo. (laughs) In somewhere, they're just all Lobo across the board. And he even says, man, this is great. This is going to win me a Peabody. (laughs) (laughs) Which, again, Lobo follows the Peabody Award? Seriously? <laughs> but yeah, it's it's all a joke. It's all a farce. It's all just silliness. But we're promised that apparently this will actually matter for Death Metal 5 that uh, comes out this week. Yeah, apparently. Th- this is a big issue, apparently, where a yeah. lot of stuff gets explained. Apparently, we're getting teasers of the uh, the Omniverse as well. Yeah, yeah, that new thing. It's not It's not just, uh, what is it, an idea for this story. It's our brand new publishing initiative. Do you, do you think Snyder always had Omniverse in mind, or do you think that's an editorial mandate? Where it's like, look, we know you're having fun here, Scott, but because everyone is reading this anyway, can you please start peppering references to the Omniverse? Probably a bit of both. I have, to f- I have a feeling that since, obviously, Doomsday Clock was meant to play a bigger part in it all and everything, we were meant to get mm. stuff like the Metaverse and stuff yeah. like that and that's kind of, and that kind of evolved into the omniverse stuff yeah or whatever yeah yeah there's a fair amount of or whatever going on <laughs> in death metal uh but yeah so that was extreme hour infinite which even the j- titles are jokes people come yeah. on that's a ridiculous title yeah i don't i don't know how anyone can read that and think this is meant to be taken completely seriously and the titles keep getting longer and longer, too. Yeah, and that, that itself is a joke. <laughs> yeah, where it's like, you know, what does this mean? It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> uh, another issue that ultimately didn't end up meaning that much, uh, Detective Comics number uh, 1030 this week. Yeah, tell me about that. Mostly it reiterated a bunch of stuff from the previous issue. Yeah. Yeah, you know, hey, this guy, Officer Nakano, he's running for mayor, doesn't like Batman and the masks. Also, there's a villain called the Mirror running around who similarly does not like superheroes and their masks. But we're pretty sure they're not the same person, though, but they're probably connected. It could be his wife, or it could be his dead partner. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Also, Damien is there, and he's apparently trying to solve a a case, like the first case in the Black Case book, (laughs) where apparently when Bruce's parents died and he first inherited their money... Someone tried to kill him for, like, a year, and they never figured out who it was. Like, tried to kill him before he was Batman. Okay, you th- you think that would be something Bruce would try and figure out? <laughs> yeah, you think that would be important. It's like, no, they just stopped after a year, and they never apprehended the killer. <laughs> so Damien's trying to crack this case now, and we don't know why. And we don't know why he stole the book. Is this, like, his weird idea of trying to say, I'm sorry, Bat-Dad, I want back into the family? Or is this him being like, haha, I'm better than you, Bat-Dad, I'll solve this case that you never solved? Could be a bit of both. This is him trying to, like, yeah, if I solve this case, Batman will see me as, like, a superior detective and take me back in. Potentially, yeah, and, like, Damien just does not care about all this mirror stuff. I wonder if it's going to be connected, and again, they've already kind of spoiled it by showing in future covers apparently Hush is involved in some way. Oh, no. (laughs) Was Hush trying to kill him as a kid? Are we we going back to that? Are we trying to canonize that? Oh, God. Tommy Elliott as a child is trying to kill him. That would be weird and kind of interesting, and also maybe Tommy Elliott saved uh, Nakano's partner and made him into mirror. I don't know. Yeah. 
there's definitely places they could go with it. But this this was kind of a lackluster issue. Uh, some interesting ideas, though. I like the idea that regular people who are against superheroes are actively sabotaging the Bat family now and I, stopping them from doing their work. I did see that page, yeah, where, like, the, the Bat family are trying to respond to crimes and people, like, throwing nets over them and yeah. cutting, cutting their grapple lines and shit. <laughs> Yeah, cutting their tires and everything. Yeah. They're just like, look, it's hard enough to fight villains in crime and also fight this bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Should we just stop, maybe? And I'm like, wow, yeah, that would be enough to make superheroes <laughs> just want to quit. <laughs> We're done with this shit. But yeah, that's, uh, that's what it was. It wasn't great. Could be better. Did great on the channel for some reason. Yeah, I guess Damien's in it, I guess. I guess, and I, I mentioned that fact, too, where it's like, yeah, Damien was an asshole for, like, the last couple of years, but don't worry, it wasn't bad writing or even an editorial mandate. The reverse flash made him do it, everybody. Yeah, through, with, the, with, with the negative speed force. <laughs> to which I, I could tell a lot of people hadn't heard that before. They're like, wait, what, where do they say that in this book? They don't say it in the book. They say it in the Flash book. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it's directly referenced. <laughs> it was all reverse flash. He did it. It was everybody. <laughs> Everything bad that's happened in the last couple of years. That yeah, every, like uh, yeah everything you didn't flash. like was the reverse Flash doing it. Yeah, it was all his doing, which again is kind of awesome and kind of lame. And the only thing that bugs me is that the superheroes don't actually get like any justice on him. Like you told me like reverse Flash ceases to exist now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To where in my mind, I'm like, no, see, he's got to be the villain of the next big event, though. That's what you got to <laughs> do. You got to parallax this shit. Well, he ceases to exist until Hunter Zolomon or Eobard Thorn remember mm. who they are. <laughs> true, true, true. I'm thinking, like, come on, you can't drop a story bomb like that, then not follow up on it in some way. Like, come on, forget Joker War, let's have Thawne War or something next time. Make that the next big event. Have all the heroes realize that he did it all and go after it, go into the, go into the 25th century with pitchforks and flaming torches. And See? See, that's a good story. Yeah, have Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman be like, look, this guy ruined our lives for three years. He made us look stupid. He tore apart our families. We gotta go to the future and kick his ass. <laughs> And I actually have Flash that being like, no, it won't work because there's so many different versions of him out there. And he keeps crossing whoa, 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 his own timelines. Kick the asses of them all. <laughs> yeah. To which Barry would be like, wait, can you do that? And he's like, I'm fucking Superman. I can do whatever. I'm Batman. <laughs> I can do whatever I set my mind to. And it's like, wait, could we could we actually do this? Could we actually pull this, you know, thorn from my ass and have it be done with? <laughs> also, where the fuck were you guys before when this guy was ruining my life? <laughs> You mean you could do it? Oh, and then you have the Justice League do what he did to him, and that is they use their time powers to go to him to every important moment in his life and, like, <laughs> slap the shit out of him. <laughs> oh, my God. See, this is an amazing story. Why aren't you doing this, DC? <laughs> That's your next big event. Thawne War. Future War. <laughs> it's good shit. Uh, all right, Matt, what else did you have? Uh, I had uh, the Amazing Spider-Man issue 52. Yes, I had this too, and this was the first book that made me wish I was really reading the point fives because I feel like I missed a whole middle part here. Yeah, you should just read the point fives; they're pretty good. Yeah, from what I understand, they are. I'm thinking, like, how many more are there? Because I'm thinking, like, I should just make them one big video now. A, a couple more. I want to. They they had a t checklist in the back. It goes until December, at least. I did. I did. I did pick them up, and I did flick through them, and they do look pretty interesting. Yeah, well, th this one was like pretty fucking like big spoiler wise as well 
Yeah, yeah, a little, a little bit. So uh, Peter and Kindred finally get to fight. They finally get to lay hands on each other for, like, the first time. And it, they call it four months in comic book time, but it's been, like, two years in yeah. real time. Yeah. <laughs> which I thought was really, really freaking funny. And, uh, yeah, they uh, they dust it up. We see Kindred can actually handle himself in a fight. They also seek to imply Kindred's not wearing a costume because Spider-Man punches right through him and it's just goo. Yeah, he's, like, he's like made up of bugs and gross shit. <laughs> yeah, he's made of goo. Also, Spider-Man doesn't know what we, the reader, know, and that is that it's probably Harry under there, but maybe not the Harry we know, maybe another Harry, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, well, it was interesting, because, like, was it last week we were talking about, like, like oh, someone, someone Spider-Man's going to come back, and it's going to be, like, Flash Thompson mm-hmm. or something. It's like, technically, he did kind of come back this issue. He was a corpse, along with, like, yeah. Uncle Ben and all that. I'm pretty sure we made a joke about them d- digging up Uncle Ben, and it fucking happened. They did. It <laughs> fucking happened. L- literally everything we joked about actually came to pass, which I guess that's their justification why Spider-Man completely turns off his mind mm-hmm. and doesn't do any good detective work and doesn't try and take the mask off and doesn't try and ask any other questions because he's too angry, which yeah. makes perfect character and story sense, but bugged the shit out of me after two years. I was like, come on, Spider-Man, do something important. <laughs> and again, like Kindred expected all of this, I, I think. And and it is, I like that the character is taking is kind of relishing in the fact that he's he's pissing off spider-man so much that he's just attacking him and seemingly refusing to kill him once again Mm -hmm. kindred has the upper hand on him several times but does not go any further than that yeah yeah again i think it's like that that whole power trip sort of thing he could do that but he's not going to because that's what spider-man wants wants to do yeah you know i will not end your suffering and eventually we kind of get i guess you could call it another callback to one more day with spider-man being like look you know let my friends go stop their rampage and you know i'll I'll basically do whatever you want and kindred again weirdly enough true to his word actually you know takes all the sins out of them i did like that part where with gwen throwing uh miles miles off the the bridge it was kind of like it was it his miles's vision of that happening kind of came true like because he only saw a spider-man being thrown Mm. off of it he didn't know it was going to be him oh i didn't put that together actually matt that's very good yeah you're absolutely right yeah also you know lots of callbacks to the night gwen stacy died and everything where this comic ends with uh kindred seemingly snapping his neck too yeah and it's like a proper snap neck because the head's like turned all the way around (laughs) Which, I don't know, like, is that more of his mind game shit, or is that, well, like, him literally being like, okay, Peter, let's go to hell together? Well, see, thing is, we don't know if it's in the real world or a dream world or something, because he got, to, mm. to get to where he was there, he got pushed through a mirror. And that yes, the last right. time that happened was when he got sent into his own mind by the, mm. the hand of... Uh, Vishanti. Vishanti, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, this could still be some Freddy Krueger dream logic thing where he's going to wake up at some point. Yeah. But yeah, so there's stuff to like here, but I'm also just like, oh, come on, it looked like you were actually heading somewhere super fast, and now you're like pulling back up again. <laughs> well, again, again, the, the, the uh, dot .LR comics kind of fill in like the gaps between the issues. Mm. So like Maybe the, that's the last issue was all about like, the sp- I think it was about the Spider-Family. And he had like mm. one of like the black of black cat 
um, and like what she was up to because she's now involved in the story. Yes, yes, she is. Also, Moreland is back apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in the most recent dot uh, la one. He's just he's just there. I guess maybe that's the character they'll bring in back. That's probably what it was. That makes sense. So yeah, Moreland is back again. And also, apparently Sin Eater survived too, and also we're mm. doing a callback to Spider Island and the mm-hmm. weird, like, spider creatures. Yeah, yeah, they're all there. Yep. So Nick Spencer is just, like, referencing everything that's happened in Spider-Man over, like, the last 60 years. Mm-hmm. Just gotta get it all in there. <laughs> I'll probably have to go back and read those point uh, LRs, because they do actually seem fairly interesting. And also, that's where Mary Jane went, and Mary mm-hmm. Jane also continues to actually be a big focal point of the story. Yeah, yep. So that's good. So yeah, I'll check those out. Maybe I should do a big video on that, is what I should do, because they do actually seem like they have important uh sequential material yeah i think when it's all done i think there's going to be six of them i think yeah that makes about sense yeah yeah all right then do uh do we want to talk about x-men because we had three new x-men's this week yeah boy we did we sure did uh man where uh where do we even start with this i guess we'll start at marauders there in the fallout of like ooh, did did wolverine kill saturn i no, i didn't nah nah she she knew he was gonna do that and just like showed him like what would happen if he did do it and what would happen is like the earth would be overrun by the iraqi and mm. it was just bad just everything's bad which man can i just say that is an amazing fucking troll that issue pulled because they give you a fake last time on page (laughs) to make you think you missed a whole part where it's like oh yeah you know wolverine killed saturnine and then the demons overran earth and the fantastic (laughs) foreign avengers got involved and they died too and it's like wait wait what and then you keep reading and then it's like wolverine lashed to an x cross and you're like what's only to go another page and be like no 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 we were fucking with you but you believed us didn't you (laughs) Could you imagine if we did that, if that all happened in between issues? <laughs> it's such a dirty joke, too, because it's like there's 21 parts in here and three come out away week. And it's like, wait, did I read this out of order? Did I read one? Oh, we'll get to that because I felt like that when I was reading the, the, the Wolverine issue. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a lot of that going on. But yeah, so they continue their dinner. That's basically all this issue was, is just a continuation of the dinner. Yeah, the last meal that a lot of them would probably have. True enough, they continue to, you know, uh, size each other up and everything. Cypher almost dies by eating poison sushi, Mm -hmm. but the White Blade saves him, interestingly enough. Yeah, like, uh, resurrects him, basically, and I'm wondering if that's going to be, like, the thing at the end. That's going to be, like, what brings some of these mutants back that die. I feel, yeah, that's definitely what they're calling out in here, but... As Gorgon shows, well, can you resurrect yourself, though? Because if you die before then, then you can't bring anyone else back. And he's like, oh, I haven't died yet, and I haven't tried. (laughs) He doesn't intend to try either. Yeah, I don't fucking know if my powers work. It's cool, too, that they're showing, and we see it in the next issue, too, that, like, some of the sword bearers are more honorable than others. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That they're not all, like, the horsemen, and they're not all got, like, this big hate boner on for their dad apocalypse and Mm -hmm. everything else. Mm Mm-hmm. Some are just doing it just because, just to prove themselves, and uh, he's one, and Eska is another one, too, because she actively tries to give Captain Britain a way out. Yeah, she realizes that she she will beat Captain Britain because she's the unbeaten. She she will win and wants to give her every chance, but not Betsy doesn't want it, and Betsy ends up fucking dying. She does, though there are some interesting caveats to her death, mainly that it happened in Avalon, 
where mm-hmm. her brother Jamie, who can warp reality, is king and who also bet against her in the fight. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think, oh, did Jamie get her out of it on that one? Did she do the thing? Yeah, because she she didn't she didn't get like stabbed or anything. She like turned into like like stained glass window basically. Yeah, she shattered into glass, and Saturnine's people uh, got rid of it before anyone could really do anything with it. And kind of at that point, at Betsy's death, everything kind of goes off the rails, but purposely so, because Saturnine's like, well, wanted to kill Captain Britain, and I did it, so... <laughs> what, do, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, didn't think my plan would be this easy. Uh, I guess I'm going to fuck with you for the next yeah, little bit. I'm just going to rig all of the games in, in Iraqi's favor. <laughs> Yeah, and again, it's like it's not even so much that like she wants uh, Erico to win; it's that she just wants to fuck with Krakoa a bit more. And it's like actually, you were both stupid for even agreeing to this game with her in the first place because she's clearly a crazy person. Oh yeah, and I I just love that she just doesn't give a fuck. Who knows that she's not? Tr- she it's not like some like thing where she's trying to hide that she's rigging it for one side and she's like no i i i I really hate you mutants and i'm gonna show you that i hate you mutants and she's even says it's like well you could leave if this is offending you so much but if you leave you forfeit and you lose so (laughs) and then your planet becomes part of a (laughs) racker so so you just gotta stay here and keep taking it and then you're like well actually her plan is fucking genius, though, because the way she's rigging it and being like, you can kill your opponent and still lose points for your team, that's basically like, oh, she's hoping they all kill each other because both Krakoa and mm-hmm. Eriko were huge threats to her rule, and this way all of her enemies kill each other. Yeah, and then she'll just be the last one left to take it all over. Yeah, she's the last one, so it's like, she's fucking brilliant, actually, <laughs> and they were both really stupid and prideful for agreeing to this in the first place, and I know some people are like, oh, you know, it's bad storytelling and arbitrary that they changed the rules of the sword fight. I'm like, no, it's arbitrary that they had a sword fight to decide <laughs> all of this in the first place. I, I do like the parallels between Arako and Krakoa, where they're both sister islands, and they both contain people that... Their, their people are like highly highly arrogant and mm-hmm. and i i like that that's kind of being their undoing here at the moment absolutely and wolverine has a great bit in his book where he's he's basically the audience where it's like this yeah. is stupid i don't want to play this game what's the point of a game if it has no rule yeah and then he gets shit-faced and just has to, has, <laughs> yes, to has to continue on with the com- with the rigged contest that he knows is rigged and can't do anything about <laughs> Nope, and just can't get out of it. It's just like, well, we're on this ride until it ends. And Solemn, again, takes another level in beautiful, wonderful asshole, where he's like, I'm calling in my deal with Wolverine. Substitution, you gotta fight war now. Yeah, and not only that, it's like, uh, what's he say? There's some kind of, uh, like, poetry or something in me killing your husband and now having the guy who killed your son fight you now and probably kill you. Yeah, they killed the summoner really early on, and I'm like, oh, we actually knew him longer than we knew the other sword bearers, and they kill him <laughs> off quite unharmoniously. Yeah, yeah, I kind of like that. I kind of like that he just got, you know, a sword through the head and just died. Yeah, he just he just got fucking murked. That's the end of his story. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, that's some interesting shit. And uh, oh, what is it? Freaking uh, Saturnine kidnaps Shogo Jubilee's uh, mm-hmm. dragon son too. Yeah, yeah, she has her own dragon now. <laughs> Just starts riding around, and the way she just starts handing out points, where it's like, "Oh, this wedding has pleased me. You both get a point now." I really like that issue where Cipher instead of, he was so worried about sword fighting and just mm-hmm. kept stressing about it, and it's like, "Oh, you're not sword fighting. You're just going to have to marry the person who was going to kill you." 
<laughs> you're having a wedding. Well, this isn't a competition to which Apocalypse and Genesis are like, you tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wolverine has the best line. He's like, this is a fate worse than death. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather take the sword <laughs> death, please. <laughs> and the fact, too, that uh, we learn a little bit more about Bay the Blood Huntress that, you know, no, no one can actually understand what she says. Yeah, well, I think Apocalypse can. Right, she speaks with the Doom Note, which is a weird frequence that uh, people, you know, want to listen to and want to figure out, but not even Cypher can figure it out, and he he just loves that about her. So, you yeah. know, they, they might make it after all. <laughs> I'd love if they were the only two survivors of this whole thing. <laughs> also, Doug was really hoping to get him some otherworldly snoo-snoo while he was out there. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to die. Oh, I'm getting married. Eh? but i still might die eh, worth it <laughs> worth it also when she took her mask off she has like weird robot parts on her face almost like warlock yeah yeah she's like a cyborg or something i don't know yeah does that mean something what do you think that means i'm sure we'll learn some i'm sure jonathan hickman has a long story for that I'm one sh i'm sure they do also, uh, what is it? Death briefly took his mask off too. Yes, yes, it is a mask, and he and he's apparently more horrifying under that than any of the other ones. He's so horrifying that when you look at him, you turn to dust. <laughs> yeah, he's that fucking horrifying under the mask. Also, he's the one who drugged Wolverine to slow down his healing factor because they are going to continue cheating in this rigged game. <laughs> Which shows an extra level of pettiness from the horse. It's like, guys, they're already rigging it in your favor and you're still cheating? <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, you guys just love to cheat. Lie, cheat, steal. <laughs> You're cheetaholics, man. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's basically the whole story is that uh, they're heading into the final leg of the tournament now and uh, Erico is way, way up. Way ahead. I, that something needs to happen in the next three issues for, for uh, the X-Men to catch up, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, as they keep changing the rules as they go along. <laughs> And also, too, like, she invents, like, crazy new shit where it's like, okay, now it's going to be a drinking contest between you and Storm, but we're on the same team. Yeah, it's going to, Magic and Pog have to have a contest of arms, not weapons, arms. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry, I said that was a fight to the death, by which I mean the first one to die wins. <laughs> I love she's so sweet, getting into the specifics of what she said. It's great, it's great. Which... Which, you know what, she's like a fey creature from Otherworld and the Captain Britain lore and everything, so that actually makes all the sense in the world from a mythological standpoint, because it's like, yeah, never never make a deal with fairies, never make a deal with fey, because they will nickel and dime you on every word. <laughs> But yeah, so it's it, it's one of those situations too. I think so many people were so hung up on the fact where it's like the rules, but the rules don't matter anymore. Not to be like, well, yeah, but now how high is the drama? How are they going to get out of this one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they're really going to have to think how to get out of this one. And also too, you got to figure the more honorable members of Erico are going to be like, well, we don't want to win this way. Yeah, well, what's his name? Uh, the White Sword was already like that. He, he was well against... Uh, war trying Cheating. to trying to poison wolverine and and yeah. didn't want any part of that which is why he partly healed uh cypher mm, which yeah i mean when it's his time to fight he might just throw it because why not yeah he might just throw it and try and give them extra points we'll see 
Uh, but yeah, so that was X-Men for this week. A lot of, lot of stuff happening there. Felt like these three issues went incredibly quick, didn't they? When you, like, hit the ground, it's just like, oh shit, and they're over. Yeah, yeah, well, like, once that, once that, that, uh, those sword fights and those battles started <laughs> happening, then, then, yeah, it just, like, started picking up pace. Yeah, it really, really did. Uh, so I had two more this week. What about you? Uh, yeah, I think I had two or three more, yeah. I know we both had punchlines, so let's talk about that. Yeah, more We Live in a Society stuff. Man, I was not expecting this book. I almost didn't read it. You know what actually made me read it? I was flipping through it, and I saw Bluebird was in it. I'm like, oh shit, I like Harper Row. It's nice to see Tynan coming back to this character he created. I'll give it a read. I'll see what it's about. Oh, wow. I thought this was just going to be like a cheapy one-off to try and cash in on the weird no. surprise success of Punchline. No, this he wrote a story. He wrote a fuck of a story yeah. here. An, an admittedly uncomfortable and even terrifying story mm -hmm. about radicalization and parasocial relationships and homegrown terrorism in America. And I'm like, wow, I would not expect the punchline book to do this. Yeah, yeah. I I really enjoyed this issue. I thought it was great Me that, too. that we're getting... Again, it's like... Again, it's... The, the whole deal with the character is it's a, it's a uh, commentary on those people that that love the joker but not in mm -hmm. the way that punchline does where it's kind of like an ironic way yeah obsessives you know what it reminded me very much of where she goes on this whole speech on on her podcast because she has a joker fan of course, podcast of course of, of course of course she does and like her way of talking like oh you know i i see the truth behind the crimes and the jokes you know it's a secret message just to me and i'm like oh fuck you know who she sounds like do you remember this was like ages ago the, the woman who, like, stalked David Letterman, and she said mm -hmm. basically the exact same thing, where it's like, oh, yeah. he's training me to be his sidekick and everything, and he's sending special messages just to me, and I'm like, oh, this is some next-level parasocial creepy stalker shit. This is like Ingrid Goes West, but with clowns. Yeah, and it, 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 yeah, it's like all these all those people that you see talking about the, the recent Joker film, how, like, everything had, like, a hitting meaning uh, in it, where it's like, no, it didn't. It was just some fucking crazy guy in clown makeup. No, you're, you are projecting so fucking hard here. And again, it's not just even that. Like, you see it all the time with, like, people who get, like, way too obsessed with, mm -hmm. like, Twitch streamers and yep. YouTubers even, and, like, they talk to us like they know us. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm glad you're a fan, but you're also freaking me out a little bit, too, <laughs> with, you know, how personal you're making all of this. And also this idea that because, you know, Punchline is younger and more tech-savvy, she can actually, like, hijack and co-op the Joker's message for herself she literally goes from being a simp to building an army of simps dedicated to her yeah and and as well as like whereas joker was like limited to like gotham she's limited to the world and she has like she's joker people all around the world it's it's going viral and like the fact too that we see like oh there's actual joker gang members in the police force mm -hmm. and everything helping her i'm like oh oh so we're doing kind of like an allegory to white supremacy and like how there's a bunch of them in the police force and we know that and the fbi knew that in like 2008 and didn't do anything about it yeah and and then obviously the, a big big part of the issue is um cullen Rowe who finds out yeah. about this podcast and it basically starts taking over his life and he starts yeah. like listening to the message and it makes him and harper start butting heads fighting yeah like wow the way they show how easy it is for an otherwise good character 
who we know and have seen in other things to fall down a really dark rabbit mm-hmm. hole and get radicalized is so true to life and so shocking and so, you know, kind of cool. Again, Jaden in the chat mentions Alex Jones. Yeah, literally that's how it happens. He's like, oh, I was just trying to watch some fail videos on YouTube and the algorithm keeps recommending me punchline. And I'm like, yeah, that's how it works because we know white supremacist neo-fascist content is actually you know upvoted all the time on youtube and they've learned how to use that system to their own and he's like oh i was just playing call of duty with the boy i was crushing on and then he said you know you gotta listen to the punchline experience you know free marketplace of ideas and i'm like oh my god he's getting (laughs) radicalized fuck (laughs) Like, you see it happen, and it's like, that's that's how it's done. James Tynan really did his fucking homework. And again, this is, this is actually really cool, because it, it seems to be... It's like placing Punchline more as a Bluebird villain than it is a Batman yeah. villain. Because she's had, like, more interaction or, or inadvertent interaction mm. with Bluebird and her and Harper's family than yeah, yeah. the rest of the Bat family. Which I think is yeah. really cool. I think that'd be really cool. Me too. Yeah, well, again, we keep hearing that Tynan is going to be writing a new Batman Mm -hmm. book in 2021. And in fact, this one even says, see what happens next in 2021. Yeah, again, I would love if this was to become like a Bluebird book and Punchline was to become like her Joker. That seems to be where they're going with it. I think it's going to be like a bigger Bat family mm-hmm. affair. I think this is going to be Tynan's way to like reunite the cast of mm-hmm. uh, his detective comics for this. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty fucking dope. And again, I almost didn't read it. I almost didn't give it a chance because I'm just like, punchline, come on. The character was only popular because, you know, speculators bought up her first appearance on eBay thinking that they could flip it for Harley Quinn first appearance (laughs) money one day. But give it to Tynan to take what could have been a very silly, very, like, creatively bankrupt concept Mm -hmm. and tell a fuck of a story with it. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's so great. And yet, I feel bad almost in a way, because I'm like, yeah, everyone, you gotta go pick up and buy this Punchline book. I'm like, no, if they do that, Punchline will become more popular, which means she'll start showing up in more things. And when Tynan's not writing them, there's gonna be a writer who takes it all seriously and doesn't realize that she's supposed to be this... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's supposed to be this stand-in for all these bad things, and you're not supposed to like her, and she's supposed to be evil, and all this other thing, and, you know, she's supposed to be representative of all this real-world bad stuff, because you know there's going to be a writer, like a Scott Lobdell, who's just like, yeah, big titty goth girlfriend, it's fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be like those guys in that chat, in that Call of Duty chat that was in there. That was the realest fucking thing. Man, (laughs) was that ever. I'm like, The things that people were saying, I'm like, I have seen people saying this, and it's like, what the fuck? Is this, did yeah, James Tynan just have like a Call of Duty chat window open and he was just copying stuff down? <laughs> like, like it's shockingly realistic where I'm like, man, I have seen this chat thread. I have been in this chat thread and quickly laughed. <laughs> I'm surprised they got, a, got away with like a lot of the stuff that was saying in there. They said stuff like simp and um, yes. called someone gay and all of that. Uh, yeah yeah shockingly well again i think uh tynan gets a little extra leeway because he's a bisexual man himself so he's like no it's fine when i say it dc editorial i can say it (laughs) you can't say it but i can say it but yeah so punchline is great and i can't believe i'm recommending punchline like this this is so good this like this might be like one of the top 10 best of the year i hate to say it again it's good now and as you said i I don't want a new writer coming in or like another writer picking up her story and not realizing that it's 
it's all meant to be a commentary on on what they fans think, on fans and like people who take this shit so seriously you know what it is it's literally it's this is why punchline is secretly genius because it's the ouroboros that makes it eats its own tail <laughs> where she's like people don't understand the joker only i understand the joker oh i'm getting so popular now oh i hated this character punchline now i love this character punchline i want to buy everything a better oh she's so great oh no it's eating its own tail <laughs> Like, literally, that's what's going to happen. Like, she will become the very thing she is commentating on. And better still, because as we saw from the end of Joker War, Joker never left Gotham. He's seeing this, and it's pissing him off that she's co-opting his message. Yeah. Well, not only that, he she's, like, playing it up that she never went along with Joker's plan. and Yeah. And, and whereas she clearly did, because she was, like, gassing yes, people to get his attention and whatnot. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. yeah, she's like, she's, like, trying to, like, me-too him and cancel him and whatnot. And yeah. it's like pissing him off so much yeah which i actually love that where it's like joker never gets this angry at someone who's not batman Mm -hmm. which is really interesting in and of itself to give the joker another new and interesting reason to hate and it will be great to see them meet up again because you know this would be the joker basically having to admit what he never has to admit and that is that he believes in something and that he can actually get upset Mm -hmm. yeah yeah something other than batman yeah, because that, like, betrays a level level of humanity to him. And, like, I would assume the Joker would be like, no, stop stealing my message. Stop telling people to believe in it. I believe in nothing. That's the whole point. <laughs> when you ascribe something to my beliefs that, you know, that takes away my power, that makes me destroyable. <laughs> you know, the, the power of the Joker is, is that I can change and be whatever I'm needed to be yeah. in this point in time. <laughs> I always represent what is most evil in history and what is most unknown. (laughs) But yeah, so shit, punchline's good. I can't believe it. (laughs) I know, it was so damn good. Then again, it's like, it's good because it's like about everything but punchline. She's the the hook they hang it all on, but it's about like a million other things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, what else did you have, Matt? I had Iron Man issue three. Yeah, the Christopher Cantwell book. Uh, Again, I picked up a couple of these when I thought I was going to be interviewing him, but that fell through, but it actually does look really good. Oh, man, this book's so good. And it's even better because it's pissing off so many people, which means it's doing its job. Uh, Yes, I remember you tweeting about this, actually. Do tell. Yeah, no, so um, Tony, like, all through this book, he's kind of going through, like, he's, he's come back to life and... he's kind of through this issue realizing this like do people want him as iron man do do people not like he's he's bending over backwards to like save them from all these villains and everything and he kind of like snaps this issue when uh, the melter the 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 triple a villain the melter uh melts his car and (laughs) basically just does it just he he it's it's so funny because like the melter just melts his car and it's like i melted your car are you mad (laughs) <laughs> mad bro and then, and then yeah tony just snaps and like knocks him out and he like ends up f- flying up really high and just dropping the villain and he, en- oh, he ends shit. up like grabbing him before he hits the ground but like he 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 kind of like snaps because he's he's been up for like days s- s- fighting villains and like no one's like giving him credit like he he's trying to find that credit of people who are going like oh yay iron man he can't even visit kids in like school he like drops in at kids at a kid's school and the teachers tell him to basically fuck off because he's disrupting their like structured learning and and all of that and we, we find out this whole issue we we think he's like talking with hellcap what he's actually doing he's actually like 
turned up at like a Burger King at like three in the morning and is talking <laughs> with the 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 employee. And there's a great like sir, that this is a Wendy's moment. <laughs> love it. Okay, I love everything about this. Um, but yeah, then he ends up. Uh, the, the 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 rest of the story is about him flying out to Oklahoma, I think it is, to like look at his new investment. This uh, he met like this um. This guy called Teelhard, Fuller Teelhard, in the first issue, who had like some mm. revolutionary lightning capture device that he wanted, and Tony invested in it. And he's flying on a plane. He's flying in coach with um with <laughs> with Trish Walker, and he's never flown coach before, and he doesn't know. It's like he's complaining about the leg room, and like he can't recline his seat until the <laughs> captain tells him to, and all that. Um, but yeah, he gets into an argument with with Trish because Trish Trish knows all about fucking Tony. She should read him like right. a book and like realize like he's doing all this just because he wants like the praise and everything. He's like he's like, oh, I came back from the dead, and it's like, well, people don't. How do you deal with it, Trish? And she's like, oh, I just don't give a shit. And it's like, it was like, oh, well, that's easy for you to say. You're not as popular as me, and that <laughs> that really fucking sets her off. And she's like, look, look, Tony, like you you may have died, but the thing is, like, I died, but I died because i committed suicide and because they refer they they do the thing this book fucking references it references books from like the 60s and whatnot that's um, great and she gives him this great talk about how he he thinks he has real problems but he doesn't like he's not a he doesn't have real people problems he has rich right. people problems <laughs> and it's like they're nothing compared to like what she has to deal with which is this this guilt that she took her own life and she has that for the rest of her life and it was just mm. like a, a miracle that she was able to be brought back to life which happened in like a hellstrom book wow. at some point in history i have no idea talk about using every part of continuity yeah so they end up going to the 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 guy and um the guy reveals himself to be like a fucking whack job who's working for uh, of course for, for Corvac um who's gonna be the main villain of this run as of the Corvac saga yeah, wow yeah, what a yeah. deep fucking pull Corvac is, is proper proper Corvac yep holy shit um and he's and he ends up uh he's like like brainwashed like the con- the controller unicorn and blizzard um a bunch of actual iron man holy yeah. shit this book is using real iron man villains. yeah not just like iron man in a different color actual iron man heroes uh villains that no one's ever used before <laughs> that's that's really impressive Cantwell did his goddamn homework and yeah he's he's under the ended up brainwashing them into thinking that he's going to be some type of god and um yeah he ends up like hitting them with the, all the lightning rods that he that he's built in uh tony ends up surviving but it looks like maybe trish might have died mm. yeah so it, it's a damn fine book it's so good i love that it's just stripped stripped off of all the stuff that uh uh jim zarbman and uh dan slot did where it's like uh, we had the story where he had all the armors and the cool mm. technology now we're getting like a broken man in a, a shitty set of armor having to deal with real world problems which is very good for army it sounds like yeah. a real back to basics fresh start yeah. kind of thing which i like about it looks really nice too who draws that uh i'm not sure but yeah it does look it's such a nice looking book it's really nice looking. Also, too, I dig what Cantwell's laying down there. It's like, you know, let us 
put Iron Man essentially uh, under like the Hollywood superstar microscope, which makes mm-hmm. sense as Cantwell's a dude who wrote for television forever. He probably knows a lot of guys like Tony Stark and basically making Tony Stark a little bit more like Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> too, this self-destructive guy. Yeah, yeah, and there's the whole thing where Iron Man is having to deal with like every little thing he does is being like scrutinized. Like he... He, he, As you would. he talked about like the investment he makes is oh, it's an investment in like clean energy and maybe we can like harness like uh reusable energy and it's like oh so surely somehow the press will turn that against me you know mm. yeah it's, it's great is the artist apparently it's great yeah that's the one i might have to check that one out i know uh i guess volume one this is what, what was this it was like issue four three issue okay yeah so the first arc is almost uh finished up there apparently his doctor doom is great too i flipped through his doctor doom and it's apparently kind of like a west wing type story yeah. but like in lot very it's just doctor doom trying to make sure the trains run on time yeah i think like the most recent issue i i saw him advertising it it was something about like some uh invasion in Latveria or something someone was trying to take over Latveria or something mm. good luck with that <laughs> I just love the idea of Doctor Doom walking down long hallways talking yeah, to all in one of his shots, different people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I'm like, yeah, I've, I've heard worse ideas. Let's just see <laughs> how shit works in Latveria. Uh, I, I had one last book this week, and I'll go really quick with it. It was Champions, number two. Uh, how is Outlawed going? We're still doing it. That's how it's going. We're still doing it. This issue admittedly doesn't do much that the last issue didn't do, and I actually liked the last issue because I thought that, you know, it actually got the ball rolling in a way the other books didn't. Uh, we we kind of get, like, a big demonstration there where it's like, you know, half the people are pro-champions and half the people are anti-champions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, uh, it ends up, you know, bad agitators start a riot and everything, yeah. and uh, Miss Marvel and Spider-Man are like, well, should we get... Should we get involved? If we get involved, we might make it worse. But Sam is like, well, fuck it. They're already calling us outlaws and criminals anyway. Just for existing, we might as well get in there. <laughs> so they do. Uh, really, this issue was also kind of more about Ironheart because Eval Ewing wrote Ironheart before she wrote this. So clearly she had some stuff still left to do with that character. Yep. <laughs> And it's it's kind of fun. I guess she kind of has like the the Iron Heart No More moment where she's like, "Look, I don't want to be a superhero anymore. I don't want to have to deal with any of this shit. I can still be Iron Heart, but I have to basically have Iron Man adopt me because that's <laughs> how it works under this new law." And she's like, "I just don't want to do it. I just want to quit." And of course, the champions are dealing with a mole right now, and Miss Marvel jumps to the conclusion, "Oh, you weren't there at the meeting when everyone got arrested." And now you're quitting. I think you might be the traitor. (laughs) (laughs) To which she's like, bitch, they didn't out you during the Senate hearings. You weren't there. And, you know, maybe if you were a better leader, none of this would have happened. And I'm like, oh, no, is this the part where they're going to start fighting each other like Captain America and Iron Man in Civil War? No, actually, they don't. They actually work it out. And I'm like, oh, cool. They can escalate it, but then de-escalate it. (laughs) And uh, we see that Viv is still very much alive. She didn't actually die, so the whole impetus for all of this is false. But also that she was the mole and that she told on her friends, not because she wanted to hurt them, but this was her weird robot mind being like, oh, I need to protect them, you know, I need to keep them safe. And, you know, if I kind of make it so these laws get passed and if I empower this group, then surely they'll be safe. Oh, no, that's not how it worked at all. Mm Mm-hmm. So she's, like, running away, so Viv is basically, like, on the run from her own team now. Okay, okay. 
So there's some interesting ideas at play here. Yeah, yeah. It's just too too bad that it's come so fucking late. Yeah, I get, delays really hurt the fuck <laughs> out of this. And I and I feel really bad for Evel Ewing because she clearly had ideas and they were going to, you know, rebrand it, you know, a fresh jumping on point for champions, you know, with a big story to get people really interested. Eh, corona. <laughs> yeah, Corona. And now it's like, well, and Miss Marvel will be done at 18. And again, uh, the Miles book is still going. The Miles book is actually almost finishing up the whole Ultimatum, Ultimate Universe arc right now. Oh, okay. So that's kind of cool. I actually, I read that too before I started, but you know, that's me catching up on old books. <laughs> <coughs> Basically, Ultimatum built a portal to the Ultimate Universe and says, I'm sending you back, Miles. Oh, okay then. <laughs> then I'll be the only Miles, but I have to send your parents and uncle back too, because technically they're from there. And I'm like, dude, don't pull the string on that sweater, because technically you'd also have to send back the maker and you'd have to send back a bunch of different people. Yeah. Well, Jim, no, well Jimmy the, the maker might already actually already be in the ultimate universe. True, he might have beat you there. Jimmy Hudson, wherever the fuck he is, you might have to send him back to. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people you'd have to send back. <laughs> and uh, he grows big because obviously he stole a bunch of suit powers from the actual ultimate, so he grows big like Ant-Man, and they have a big kaiju fight at the end. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah, that was it. That was everything I read. Uh, last issue I had was Superman issue, uh, Superman Man of Tomorrow issue 19. Oh, right, 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 right. What's this, up with this? This was a fucking fun issue. This was, this is Batman Superman team up and mm-hmm. they had to team up to fight their evil Elseworlds, uh, multiverse counterparts in that of, uh, the Justice Lords, Crime Syndicate, Uh-oh. uh, the, the Bizarro versions and nice. the, uh, the the fifth dimensional imp versions oh that's a good mix all of them in one story yeah yeah so the 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 premise is superman has asked batman up to the watchtower to reprimand him for a recent uh on a recent mission they had like a plan set out and batman went off to do his own thing and superman didn't particularly like that because they're on a team they need to work as a team um and their their meeting is interrupted by this group of villains uh, who've decided to band together to dis- defeat the the prime versions of themselves, so they themselves can become the prime versions. Makes sense. And, in a twisted comic book logic. Yeah, and and Batman and Superman aren't aren't at least a bit phased by this. They're like, okay, Superman, you take the Batmans, and I'll take the Superman. <laughs> and um, oh man, Superman is so fucking big dick in this he's like he, he doesn't fight though he like draws them into a red sun he draws the batman into a red sun room and he's like look oh, look, look guys i'm gonna give you a chance we're gonna fight in this red sun room i'm gonna go without my powers and i'm gonna go i'm gonna one-on-one all of you's and and i'll hold back i'll like basically fight with one hand behind my back and he and he beats oh, them wow. all he beats them all amazing that's fucking dope. um batman as well batman um is fighting the the superman at, at this point and he's like well you know i am not going to be able to use kryptonite because kryptonite from other earths don't work on you so i'm just going to use magic mm. <laughs> <And> <laughs> one he, of the only other things that can conjures up like a magical bat mech armor and they end up fighting and everything and and it looks like they're, they're they get to a point where they're about to lose because of the justice lord superman he, he kind of has a him and the justice lord's batman kind of the ones in charge and they kind of try and use that against against them like try and turn the ultraman against him because he's like oh ultraman you're taking orders from this <laughs> this guy i am and um 
they end up yeah because they didn't like each other in the cartoon originally yeah. Yeah, was, yeah i'm glad they paid attention to that little piece of continuity yeah um and they they end up uh kind of beating the the heroes but it's all part of their plan because they do this cool thing where they've lured them towards this wall and they press a button and the wall switches so now the batman batman is fighting the batman and <laughs> superman is fighting the superman and superman's fighting the nice. superman within the the red sun room so they don't have any powers or anything and it's just just an issue that just like shows why these two heroes work together and yeah they've every now and then they you know get into an argument or something but they're friends they'll fight with each other and fight really well with one another and yeah it's yeah fucking fun issue that sounds really fun that sounds like a blast yeah well there you go everyone so is that the show for the week i think that's the show for the week Alrighty then. Uh, anything else to uh, promote? Anything? At all? I know I say that every week, but it's like, <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? Coronavirus. We can't go anywhere or do anything. No, no. Oh yeah, I've got all these cons coming up. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, all the all these public appearances. You know, be sure to find me at Jumbo's Clown Room. You know, I'm gonna be signing t-shirts. <laughs> I, just just t-shirts. I don't know what t-shirts. Just t-shirts. <laughs> I'll be signing. Them. I mean, look, we say that a lot of people are going out anyway when they fucking yeah. shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I had friends in New York there being like, hey, so apparently all the bars are filled tonight. It's oh, like, really, God. why? <laughs> Jesus. There's there's just a group of people who are like, hey, it's over now, right? No. Yeah, no, it isn't. No. Yeah, no, it's not. No, no fucking shit. There was a lady in my condo who said, hey, you know, my uh, my dad is celebrating his 90th birthday. Would you like to come? And everything's like, no. <laughs> Oh, just not, just not what every ninety-year-old father wants: a uh, a, um, a coronavirus, a stranger. a stranger with coronavirus. Yeah, they're like, oh, we're gonna have, be having cupcakes, and we're gonna be singing. I'm like, look, I'm sure your dad's a nice guy, and ninety is a milestone, but don't be recruiting strangers. No, <laughs> no, 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 not not in this lifetime, please. No. <laughs> like, yeah, it's gotta suck having a birthday during this, but I mean, look, you want to make it to ninety-one? I mean, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's like, "Fuck it, I'm ninety. I'm good. Bring it on." <laughs> In which case, hey, more power to you, ma'am. But you know, I, I gotta keep my lung power here if I want to keep talking into microphones and entertaining all the people. Ain't that right, people? <laughs> Man, that was a real fucking thing that happened to me this week, and I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Also, some jagoffs last night were lighting off fireworks in the park, like two parking lots over. God damn! Yeah, they're celebrating that coronavirus is gone now. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's it, leaving the, the White House. <laughs> the evil has been defeated. <laughs> and like, never, like I, I'm not a narc. I'm not that type of person and because I live in a building with a bunch of old people. I'm sure someone called the cops on them anyway. But never more in my life have I wanted to pick up the phone and go full Karen and be like, these people are setting off fireworks. Please go arrest them. <laughs> Also, it happened when I was trying to record a video, too, so even more reason, le- reason that I was kind of pissy, too. Where it's like, look, I gotta tell people about Spider-Man. Shut up. <laughs> the people need to know what Spider-Man was doing. Not a lot happened in this issue, but he was doing it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was my week. I guess we'll start bringing the show to a close, everyone. Thank you so much for watching and listening. It's always very much appreciated. It really is, yeah. Yeah, especially in these trying times, we're glad we can entertain you every Sunday night for a little bit. And as always, too, if you are a patron, uh, you can get the episode in both video and audio format before anyone else. Matt always tries to get that one out to you lickety-split, so uh, be sure to keep an eye open for that. And for everyone else, uh, you can get the show Wednesday, 8 a.m., 
uh, with ads, and then I put an ad-free version up uh, later whenever I can on SoundCloud, so that's always fun. And also, I think we're on you uh google podcast who i think you can find <laughs> you think us in so. the thing. <laughs> sure <laughs> i think so well because i was fucking around with it last night and adding a bunch of shows to my google thing myself because i never do it that way and i'm like is the comic multiverse on here yes it is we might not show up when you actually click it in but like if you actually search for us on the thing yes we are there and yes you can add it to is, your like uh is it like actually video. ours or is it it's not one of the goddamn channels that like rip videos and upload them themselves is it no no it's definitely ours <laughs> hey man i don't think we're big enough for anyone to <laughs> fucking rip us off god i wish but yeah i'm pretty sure that you can listen to it that way i know that's an option for podcasts that's brand new and i know a lot of people have started doing that now so like when you type it in as i am doing right now it'll show up as like an episode and you can click that and listen to it directly from google so that's pretty cool nice i don't think we get any money for that or anything though it's just a thing you think it would do like some sort of adsense thing you would hope so wouldn't you and uh also, too, uh, what else did I have to say? Uh, oh, hey, uh, I actually got paid by Twitch. Not much, but I got paid by Twitch the other day. So thank you, everyone who's been coming out on Thursday, every other Thursday, to watch the D&D streams. That's all I've been doing, and that's probably where the money came from. So thank you, people who did that. I appreciate that. It's always, can... it's always good when you get, like, like some unknown amount of money just put into your bank account. Just like, oh, where did this come from? Oh, Twitch. Yeah, woohoo, surprise money. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't happen all the time, but it's a good <laughs> feeling, especially as we enter this Christmas season. It's nice to get a little surprise money. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everyone, for watching and listening. And Matt and I will be back again next time. Bye bye. Bye.